What is happening, everybody? Jordy Cannell here. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of the podcast, our NHL offseason megapod. It is myself, Greg Piatelli, and Mark Higgins breaking down the expansion draft, the NHL entry draft, and all the trades that have surrounded both the start of free agency. This one was a lot of fun to record. Cannot wait to hear what you think. As always, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. Search The Bullpen Cart on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Mash that subscribe button. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Thunderblog Sports on Instagram. But enjoy this week's episode. Have a great weekend. And here we go. Welcome to this week's episode of the podcast, an hockey off-season show. We got a lot to talk about, expansion draft, trades, the entry draft, free agency started today. I, of course, am the G-Man, Jordy Cannell. Welcome to the show here on the Bullpen Card Podcast feed. Joining me, as always, for the first time since the Stanley Cup was awarded, we'll start with Mr. Mark Higgins. How are you, my friend? Doing excellent, Jordy. Doing awesome. Just got back from a nice vacation out in Michigan and in Chicago. Uh, good to be back in a rhythm here and uh, excited to talk some hockey. A lot of news. Oh, yeah. A ton to go through. And, of course, we'd have to have the profit here. We're going to try to make some predictions at the end for some unsigned guys. But Mr. Greg Piatelli is here as well. How are you, my friend? Jordy, I'm doing great. All is right in the world. The NHL full off season. Full 82-game season, they built in an NHL break, which we'll talk about later, but doesn't necessarily mean the players are going. Uh, it's been a great little uh, start to the offseason. It's the fireworks that everyone expected, not some of the moves that everyone expected, but uh, I'm excited. How are you doing, Jordy? I feel like we never ask you. I feel like you never get asked. How are you doing? I'm doing well. You know, uh, middle of the summer, it's July, the greatest month of the year. Uh, celebrated my birthday last week, which was pretty awesome. Um, yeah, Flyers have made some moves. We're going to talk about them. Your Bruins have made some moves. We're going to talk about that too. And you're right. The NHL offseason has gotten off to a very hot start. And it's just exciting. And now Seattle officially in the league. They're making moves left and right. And I think that's where we're going to start is with the expansion draft. We're going to go basically in somewhat of chronological order of how this offseason has gone. But the expansion draft was a week ago. In Seattle, there was a lot of rumors that flew around about what they might do. Picks were getting leaked left and right. And Seattle ended up going a little more of a a little more of a surprising route. Greg, what did you think about what Seattle did with the expansion draft? Now, obviously we have, you know, the knowledge of the first couple days of free agency, which we'll just throw in here of the Seattle talk. But what did you think when you saw the expansion draft and how all that went down? What were your first thoughts? Who's he? Who's that? Who's he? Who's that? <laughs> oh, they lost him. Oh, what's that? Um, I think to me, Seattle looked at Vegas and said, okay, yes, Vegas has been competitive. They're, they're this, they're that, blah, blah, blah. 
that's awesome. But they also traded away Suzuki. They traded away some of their super good young players. They're going to have to be a team that always pays free agents for a couple of years because they've got rid of that pipeline. So they said, you know what? We're going to go a different approach. We're going to build for a couple of years down the road. We're going to get draft picks. We're going to build the draft as well as through young talent and getting some young talented players. They do have some veterans uh, leadership on the back end, particularly and a little bit. So um, I think they're building for the future, which is the way you're in theory supposed to build a team with the new rules or the way the expansion draft rules, you would have liked to see them be a little bit more competitive, but I guess they also looked around their division and said, okay, everyone in our division is young. Everyone in division is going to be good in, in the next couple of years. And I'm talking about Anaheim and, and the Kings LA. and yeah. that, yeah, that West coast division. Vancouver is young, obviously. So they're like, okay, everyone in our division is young. We're going to go young. No one in our division is really that good with the exception of Vancouver with a dud year last year. So we'll just scrape out, try and scrape a win in the division and call it a day. And uh, and I think they could do it with the team they have. Granted, so they're going to have to have some guys play above their standing like what Vegas did. But uh, I think they're building further down the road than win now like Vegas did. Yeah, that's definitely the, the attitude that it- – came off with the expansion draft and they've signed Philip Grubauer today, a Vesna finalist. So they have a solid anchor in net, which is worth noting because Carey Price was available, um, which is one of the questions that we got, which we'll jump into at the end of the Seattle talk about uh, some of the, the interesting stuff that went down with the expansion draft, but they also picked up Jaden Schwartz. So they, they've made some moves with some more veteran presence, but I think you're right of drafting these younger guys. They took, for instance, they took Carson Torinsky from the Flyers who had been, this this prospect that had played some games for the Flyers but never really fully cracked his way into the lineup and maybe this is a way to you know get him solid NHL ice time and, and build out that way in a young division. So it really was a who the fuck are these guys kind of attitude, but they took more defense than I expected. But. Yeah, that's a really good point too. There was a lot of defense been taken, but you build from from the net out and, and certainly with a guy like Grubauer you can do that. Mark, what were your thoughts on everything surrounding the expansion draft? Yeah, I think Teams around the league were more prepared for it this time after getting fleeced by Vegas. Um, and I think that uh, the Kraken knew that going into it. So, yeah, obviously not as many big names. I thought they'd go for more guys like Tarasenko, who's still only like 29, 30 years old, or Carey Price even to build your program around him. But, um, yeah, a lot of no names. I, I've, I've heard of a lot of these guys. They're not necessarily superstars, but damn good players. Giordano. Sure. Um, 37 years old, been on the Flames his whole career, but that's a great guy Johnny to have. Hockey was not happy about it. Yeah, everyone loved him in Calgary. He's well respected there and around the league. I mean, he won the Norris like two or three years ago. Yep. Um, I guess he, he's still in great shape. So that's a good guy to like build everything around and, and be the face of your franchise for a little bit. But um, other guys like they snatched Gordy from Yanni Gordy from Tampa Bay. Jordan Eberle from the Islanders, Tanev, Brandon Tanev from Penguins. Um, I know all those guys, pretty damn good players. And um, who else? They they also picked up some new guys recently after the draft. Yep. Talking about Jaden Swartz and then Grubauer from Colorado, who was a Vesna finalist this year. Yep. So everyone was like, where's their goalie? They got Washington's backup, but uh, obviously they had a plan for that. Um Will they be as good as Vegas was right out the gate? Probably not. Like you said, it's going to be a three or four year plan, but I still might throw a, 
a $5 bet on them to win the whole cup for the return, right? Why not? <laughs> you might as well. Or at least a Division One. You know, I I would think it's Vegas's to lose, but, it, it, you know, could be interesting. Nobody thought Vegas was going to do it, so you might as well there. If you're going to look for money that, on that side of things. Uh, what did you guys think of the presentation of it all? Obviously, picks were leaked throughout the day of... And I think part of it was also the fact that guys were on the ESPN broadcast to like put on jerseys or be a part of the whole thing. What did you guys think of the presentation and the picks being leaked? Do you think ESPN got cucked there or what was your whole takeaway from that? Mark, we'll start with you. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't really get a chance to watch it cause I was away, but yeah. um, I heard yeah, guys like Marshawn Lynch were there and others, Seattle famous players. Um, but obviously NHL is not too happy. They had this whole thing planned, but a reporter leaked all the all the um, picks that morning, and I think I think they kind of screwed it up because the presentation was at night, but all the picks had to be finalized by the morning, and they had the fly guys in for it, so word got out. Uh, I, I just don't think their 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 heart was in the right place, like making it a big deal, but they didn't coordinate it well. Yeah, that's my thought. Yeah, Greg, what's your thought on this? So two things, the, the, the fact that the guy broke all the picks, like that's shitty to do. But at the same time, like we've had journalists been, been breaking stuff all the time and like stay off Twitter. Like, you know, it's not like he was out there writing articles, but I think the, the, the presentation itself was kind of funny because the fans, you could tell they wanted to cheer. They wanted to, they wanted this and that. And, and the ESPN broadcaster, um, the guy who does college game day, he was like allowing for cheers after every pick. And like they had random, they had uh, Seattle, others like current players, the linebacker come out, the Seattle um, Seahawks current linebacker come out and Wagner maybe give, give a pick. And it was funny because he would be like, he would say the name, expect everyone to cheer. No one would cheer. So then he himself cheered. He's like, woo! And then everyone joined him. Which is kind of funny. And then the okay. GM himself, when when they didn't have a celebrity, they had the GM do it. And the GM was like, boom, boom, boom. No, he's like, all right, we're taking this guy from this team. It was like super quick. He was like, just get me off this stage. Um, but I thought it was I thought it was kind of cool. Um, and like I said, it, it just felt like the crowd didn't necessarily know who the players were. But I guess that comes with, uh, you know, that'll come over time with, now they're a hockey city versus before they 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 necessarily have to be a hockey city. They don't yeah. necessarily have to know what's going on. Yeah, it was uh I only got to see clips of it because we were we were going out to dinner here, but um definitely the clips I saw were sort of that way of this kind of little awkward kind of an interesting thing. I thought it was it's you know it's good that it's ESPN's first broadcast, so they're trying to make a big deal out of it. But it also why did it almost felt like the the decision of why do we need to have this on TV? Why don't we just have it announced? You know, I guess like you want to make it the big first like public thing post kind of post COVID. Obviously there's a lot of shit surrounding that. Um, but yeah, I also think it's, it's almost good in a way that the picks got leaked. Cause like you mentioned, Greg, we've had reporters, Woj, like basically front running the draft picks and the entry drafts of the NBA, the NHL. I don't think the NBA, the MLB does cause the MLB draft just isn't as big, but uh, it's almost good that they're at this level now that like fans are getting pissed off that reporters are leaking it and now it's on bigger platforms and all that. So like in a weird way, it's all, it almost works out. Maybe that's my crazy logic there. But um, 
yeah, you mentioned it. They've they've made some moves. They've added some other guys, and I don't know. I think they're in a pretty good spot of where they'll be. Uh, if they're going to be fun to fun to watch, I'm definitely going to watch them when they come to Philly. And we now know that date, as you guys mentioned. We'll we'll talk about that in a little bit. We did have a couple fan questions surrounding, mainly surrounding the Kraken. One is from my wife Emily. She wants to know, out of all the picks, the Kraken messed up the most. What one was it, and who should they have taken instead, in our opinion? And um, I'll ju- I'll jump in first. The Flyers one to me just seemed kind of weird, because um, the you know Twensky decent forward like a guy like but he hasn't been in he wasn't on the team for two full seasons. He was getting called up and down. So that's one where like they could have had some other guys. Granted, like, there was the bigger cap hits, and we've now seen why they had guys they wanted to try to get in free agency. Um, so there, that's one that sticks out to me. I feel like, I mean, the Grubauer picking it up is, is certainly something of, there were a lot of goalies out there that could have been grabbed. Um, Tarasenko seems like one that, that has really deteriorated and you may have been able to get him. There was rumors that they were going to try to make some sort of fleecing deal. I feel like the, the flat cap really is the reason why we didn't see a lot of these, these picks. So I'm going to go with the Flyers one partially because it just, it was just a weird pick on both ends. I'm not sure what you're totally getting out of a guy like Torensky and the Flyers. It doesn't really help them either uh, in losing a guy like that. But what do you guys think, Greg? We'll start with you. Uh, a guy that everyone was for sure saying that they were going to take up was the was um, PK Subban. They thought that that the Kraken was going to do New Jersey a favor, take on that contract, you know, help New Jersey out in. in you know, whatever, um, get some back end depth and blah, blah, blah. But, uh, so to me, I mean, I feel like that was a big one just cause like you have, like, but I guess you get the better. Hmm. Hmm. PK Subin, that's tough. Um, I don't know, Jordy, like in my opinion, if you're if you're Seattle, let's say, and like we talked about this, do you want to win now? I we've all said yes, Vegas, like just like Vegas, you should do it. And a guy like PK does that for you, and and he's got the power play help. He he's the offensive, he's the flashy name. He's close to he's got Canada ties, so you can pull in some of those fans. He's got the social media presence. He's well, I was about to say been that, on the, ESPN. The, the, he's been on ESPN. He's, is huge. Yeah, he's been on ESPN. He's a name, right? He's a name that people can get behind. He's a name people can rally behind. Um, so I guess that's why I pause there for a little bit because that, like, is that enough to really draft somebody? Um, but uh, the guy from New Jersey they got was was pretty good, I guess, based on the way that they were talking about him ESPN. Uh, but to me, I think not picking up Subban. Um, was a big surprise. I'm not surprised by Carey Price. I think Carey Price was never going to Seattle. I think they didn't want anything to do with a guy who's that old, and and they were just, you know. Well, we'll talk about Carey Price with, in a second because that's another question we have. Happy with what they were, but yeah, go ahead, Mark. Sorry, what do you think, Mark? Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they could have picked up PK Subban, Dougie Hamilton, JVR, uh, Tarasenko, Carey Price. Personally, I would have picked up Tarasenko. He's motivated, coming off. Uh, he's been pretty unhappy in St. Louis. He's a stud. I mean, he was on the cover of NHL 17. Shout out. Love that game. But, <laughs> I mean, I think they, they're they trying to – I mean, it's it's probably better to build young 
not pick up these aging guys who are, cost a lot of money, like PK Subban, no thanks. JVR, no thanks. I wouldn't pay those guys what they are. You know what they are. They're not really. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily want them on my team if I'm in a playoff run. I, I Dougie Hamilton, yeah, he puts up a lot of points, but is he's kind of soft, right? Greg, you and I know that from him playing in Boston. I mean, these guys were left available for a reason, right? I think the Kraken have a three- or four-year plan to, to win, and they're trying to collect as many assets and young guys as possible, and that's what they did. So, Yeah, it'll, it's going to be interesting to see what they end up doing. Um, the other two questions we got, one we've kind of answered, and both of these come from Corey D'Antonio. One is, do you think the Kraken will have the same backbone to make a run like Vegas did in its first year? We're all kind of maybe is the is kind of the answer we're looking at. Um, Mark might throw money on them. And then the other question he had, we mentioned Carey Price. Coming out of that, it turns out Carey Price has had an injury. And do we think that Bergervan and the, the Canadians hid Price from them because of – or hid Price's injury and in, in trying to go that way? Like, do we think the Kraken knew about it? in that whole situation. No, I just don't think they wanted an aging goaltender unless they were going to go for it. Like at least, you know what I mean? Like at least flurry. I mean, now he might retire because he got traded, but at least, you know, well, you just come off with two cups. Yeah. So to me, I feel like they were never going to go after price and that was never going to be their goalie. I know it's like a splashy name, like, Oh, let's do it. But I I think that was overhyped just for just to get eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah. Realistically, I don't think they're ever going to do it. Um, and my, that's just my opinion. I, injury, whatever. I mean, that's 82 game season. They're rebuilding anyway. Like goalie's not going to play every game, so not a huge deal. Um, sure. I, I just think that I, I, I don't know that. To me, I don't, I don't think that that was an issue. I don't think that was part of why they passed on him. Sure. Yeah. The, the interesting thing is, is when Vegas took Flurry in 2017, he was 33. And that's exactly how old Carey Price is now, 33. But, I mean, that's a giant cap at $10.5 yeah. million to Over a guy. Over $10 million dollars is tough. That's I think they I think everybody was scared of the flat cap to try to make any sort of serious deals. We've seen what, the, what ex- Seattle's done. So it'll be really interesting to see what they do. I'd ask if you guys have a prediction, but that's for the, uh, the pre- season preview pod later this summer. <laughs> uh, but let's keep it moving. We've seen a lot of trades, especially in between the period of the expansion draft when the roster freeze ended and the start of the NHL draft and during the the NHL draft. We can talk about the Flyers trade that came almost immediately after it, but we're going to do that when we get to Flyers talk. The biggest trade probably, or one of them, has to be Seth Jones being picked up by the Blackhawks. Mark, do you want to break this thing down for us all? Who got what in the deal? What did Columbus get? What did Chicago get? Yeah, so Seth Jones, uh, his dad played in the NBA. He's a stud. He was initially drafted by Nashville, um, who then was eventually traded to Columbus. I forget how, but him and Wierenski were probably the best defensive pairing in the league the past two or three years. Like, he's a stud. He's 6'4", 6'5", young, 25 years old, two-way defenseman, has offensive game, can be a shutdown guy, great player to build around great move by Chicago picking him up but what they gave up a lot to get him um they gave up a guy named Adam Bogvist Bogvist he's 20 year old eighth overall pick in 2018 um a lot of upside for him so there's a top 10 pick Chicago got back plus 
They also got two first round picks and a second round pick. Um, so a lot to give up for one guy who, and then they paid him immediately after trading for him. They Jones got a eight year deal, 9.5 each year. Um, so that's, that's a huge commitment to give up all those assets and then sign a guy to that big of a contract, but I like it. They're trying to win now. Chicago has got Taves, Kane still, um, below the age of 35. They're trying to win. And what was their recipe before winning was with Keith and Seabrook in the back end. So now they, they have one of those, they have a stud D now. They, they haven't had one in years cause those guys have been aging. So, um, yeah, Chicago's going for it while they can, but they gave up a lot. Yeah, it uh, it's definitely interesting. You mentioned it too. Uh, they traded for Tyler Johnson. They traded for Mark Andre Fleury, and we kind of mentioned that he might retire. Um, those are two other huge trades that have come into it. The Seth Jones move, though, it certainly changed a lot of opinions of trades that had come out previously. Uh, one being a Flyers trade for a certain Buffalo defenseman that we'll talk about in a little bit, and seeing what teams have given up and what teams are basically paying for other teams to take their players. It's certainly this one also got further put into perspective as more of those trades came out, but it certainly put kind of the landscape of where this off season is and where the haves and the have nots and kind of, if you want somebody to, to help you out, you got to pay a little extra for it. And, and this certainly, uh, certainly showed it. And yeah, Seth Jones, his brother is also on the Blackhawks. Now the the Blackhawks end up having two sets of brothers. We'll talk about another one of those in a little bit, but him getting the big ticket, maybe a little bit of an overpay, but good for him getting that big deal. He ends up basically becoming almost a next Prince book of him getting that. And I don't think by the end of his deal with that large cap hit, Blackhawks fans will be as upset as they were by the end of Seabrook's deal. So we'll see how that all ends up with him. Um, it's going to be and fun after to see. Hedman. After Hedman, would you not agree that Jones is like he's up there, the number Yo- two, number two defenseman in the in the NHL? You would you wouldn't no. keep Yossi up there? No. Adam Fox, well, Adam Fox isn't as good as as Jones, but um, yeah, I mean he's up there. He's definitely the top five, certainly in the top ten. Kale McCarr, Kale McCarr, yeah. Kale McCarr has been around for two two shortened seasons. I've, you can't. I feel like you can't give him that yet. Jones, Jones, has it, Jones has it in all aspects. He's got defense. He's got offense. He's got he is high, sick. He's got Nobody's denying that. He's American. I mean, what else do you need? All right. All right, America. Um, <laughs> all right, other trades. Another blockbuster that came out during the draft. The Arizona Coyotes, after a couple different trades where they just took on players and their salaries with and a couple draft picks, basically being told – being paid in draft picks to take guys like Shane Gossespierre from the Flyers, took a player from the Islanders, and giving nothing in return, literally giving those teams cap space. The Coyotes then sent their captain, Oliver ekman Larson and Connor Garland to the Vancouver Canucks. We're going to start on the Arizona side of things. With them basically just taking on salaries, and granted, they're, they're taking on actual players too, but then dumping their captain and a fairly prolific scorer in Garland, Darcy Kemper is, is, I don't know if he's signed yet, um, but he's pretty, he's linked to a number of different teams. Is Arizona tanking? Are we just, are we at that point with them? So explain, there's no, there's no um, ping pong balls, it, like tanking's a thing? I mean, I think so. Teams have been doing it for a few years now. Yeah. Um, 
I don't know if they're tanking necessarily because they still have like some good young players, specifically Clayton Keller. But I think they went for it all, not went for all, but they went for a deep run. What was it, two, three years ago when they went out? And yeah, got when they Kessel got Taylor Hall, huge moves. Taylor Hall, yeah, and and I just think that this is now them trying to course correct and right the ship after that disastrous so. move. Disastrous move after move. Like they picked up Brian Dezingle today in free agency. I know we're jumping over to free agent signings, but specifically on them. They have a couple, like, they need more defensemen. They don't really have any on there. Kemper is, I guess he's still on contract. So he, I guess they're looking to trade him. And that's where the rumors were that, the, that certain teams were trying to pick him up. Um, they picked up Carter Hutton from, I think, from Buffalo. Good for them. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It just seems like you trade away two solid names that are out there. And you're right, Keller's still there. They have a few other guys that are still hanging out. Nick Schmaltz, Christian Dvorak. But it almost just feels like they're just bringing in some veteran guys and almost just trying to, like, reshuffle it. And I think you're right, a little course correction from really going for it. You know, they had to give up their pick this year because of their old GM's nefarious moves. And, and maybe they just said, you know, we're going to punt this year and, and see if we can, you know, get some, uh, you know, have a put ourselves in a good position with the next draft and the next round of free agency. They have a lot of guys that are pending UFAs after this upcoming season, so maybe that's where they're coming in from. And again, that that division is not very good, right? Yeah. Well, no, they moved to the Central Division because of Seattle oh, coming in. They yeah, moved to the Central. They did, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. so Coyotes that are division is good. Coyotes are a bit of a shit show, and the, their new GM, Bill Armstrong, has. A tough task ahead of them probably the hardest in the league i mean their gm they signed this guy john chaka in 2016 at 26 years old yeah and he was suspended recently by the nhl for i don't know exactly what he did i'd have to dig into that um, but it was something of i forget what it was it was like some almost not necessarily like insider information and something with like kind of ha- trying to get like an inside draft with, with a prospect i think is what it was but they lost their first round pick because of chaka and what he was this doing. year they lost it this year and then they had to trade assets to another team to get a first round pick this year. And then their first round pick last year, I remember got in trouble for like bullying. Oh yeah. That guy. Yeah. And they had to fuck, didn't they have to dump him? Yeah. So they had to dump their first round pick last year. They lost their first round pick this year, had to trade to get one. They're getting rid of their captain. Who's been there for 10 years. Um, I don't understand the Connor Garland thing. He's 25 years old. There's probably some aspect to it. They got a second rounder in that deal and a seventh rounder in 2023, but they end up, they now have five second round picks, including their own next year, their own first rounder. So maybe not necessarily they're tanking because they'll probably have to get, they'll probably have to get at least one or two more to really try to get themselves in that position of like top 20 picks where it's hopefully more of a sure thing than just random throwing darts at a board and basically 21 through whatever number you want to throw out there. Um, but it, it's just a really interesting position to see where they're at right now. They still have $8 million in cap space. They got to fill in some more spots, at least according to, you know, cap friendly and what they're at right now. So I feel like it's borderline say? similar. I feel like it's borderline similar to what um, Detroit did. Like they just need yeah, to that's fair. course what correct they do with, with Dylan Larkin and all that. Yeah. Just course correct. And, Sure, you waste Larkin, but at least you get people to come. Like you waste Keller, but you at least you get people to come in and watch the games. And 
to see a superstar. But well, they have Clayton Keller like, on contract for the next eight seasons. So are they yeah, seven and, and, seasons, and, and they'll eventually, fine. they'll eventually, yeah, and they'll build enough of talent around him to eventually be good, just like Detroit's doing. But like, yeah. you just got to suffer through. It's a course correction from yeah. from some bad moves going all in on a team that probably should not have gone all in. They did draft Shane Doan's kid day two or second round. Did they? But um, yeah, yeah, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, so that that is some positive news. But I texted you guys this. I mean, they'd be better off just folding this year, folding their whole program, the whole organization, starting new and just asking to have an expansion draft for them. Well, they <laughs> well, so they there's only currently on their roster they only have five players that are under con or six players that are under contract. Be at the start of the next off season, and one of them they just picked up. That's Shane Gossespierre from the Flyers. Two of or three of them they have on contract for, or four of them have on contract through 2025, and it it's just crazy to see what this team has done. It's Keller, Christian Dvorak, Nick Schmaltz, Ch- uh, Jacob Chikrin, Ch- Ch- Chikrin, how do you pronounce his name? Um, He's good. Basically, yeah. Sure. <laughs> Are, that's like the core they're going to try to build around. But Phil Kessel's cap it of $6.8 million, if they don't end up moving him, which it sounds like they might, expires at the end of this year. So he basically becomes a rental. So maybe they hold on to him and then try to get a first-rounder at the deadline or some crazy deal. Louis Erickson, $6 million, done after this year. Then everyone else is like $3 million, a million bucks. Um, if they move Darcy Kemper, that clears up about 5% of their cap space, $4.5 million hit. Uh, and then... You know, who knows if Gostaspare just needed a new new organization that kind of treated him like shit, frankly. Um, the way the Flyers kind of did him dirty after a good, couple good years. Maybe he turns into something good and they can trade him. So, that, you know, some of these bigger pieces, maybe they figure something out with them. But I just thought it was interesting. Now, on the Vancouver side of things, them getting Ekman Larson and them getting Connor Garland, I think it's pretty awesome. I think they maybe they're not necessarily going for it because they still have to figure out their goaltending situation. But the Vancouver Canucks, I think, are in a fairly interesting I th- position. I think they're pretty high on Thatcher Demko, no? Are they? Yeah. I mean, he, he granted he's like semi young, but I'm pretty sure he had a decent year. I'm looking this up. Two now. years ago, two years ago he did. He had an awesome playoff run, and they did just sign Halak. So we'll see what happens there of if he, you know, can help it out and, and yeah, get, uh, I feel like it's going to be, a, I feel like it's going to be a Demko Halak thing. Yeah. It, it's going to be a lot on that, but their team is in a fairly good spot and they probably don't need to make too many more moves, but they do have $14 million in cap space. So, yeah, I think it's easy. Like, especially for them, I think it's easy to be like, all right, last year was a, was a fluke alt like out of nowhere. We'll call it COVID, you know, Granted, two years ago, we thought we were this. Now, this is like a little humble pie. Like, throw it out to COVID. Plus, we hyped ourselves up. Let's go back to being the scrappy young team that we thought we were originally. You know, I feel like this is their – they get Ekman Larson, like a captain from an old team, so they have even more leadership in the room. Yeah. Because they had the young captain before. So, now they, they, they have the – they have – the presence, right? Sure. They have they have the guys who, who who can come in and be that. Okay, this is what we need to do to to win. So punt like reset from last year. Yeah, let it go and and be be this year's team. And, and I guess I'll, too, I'll be... looking on cap friendly, they still need to re-sign some of their RFA's like Quinn Hughes, which is 
a 10.2 C, which means he's not acquired the accrued the necessary amount of professional seasons required for RFA status, but he's eligible for an offer sheet. So I feel like maybe it's just some sort of like, you know, avoid arbitration type of situation in baseball, but Elias Peterson, Pedersen needs another deal. Um, these other two RFAs, uh, Dickinson and, and you levy maybe need to get re-signed, but that's what they'll probably use with the rest of their cap space. So I think you're right, Greg. It's just a hit the reset button. You got in some guys that have had some experience and let's go from there. Yeah. I'll just, I'll sum it up very quick. Um, I thought they were going to be good last year. I was high on them making the playoffs. I think I predicted it. They're even better now on paper, but they have 14 million in cap and they still have to sign their two best young players uh, next year, Pedersen and uh, Quinn Hughes. Yeah. So that cap is going to get eaten up fast and they're going to have to make room for it. Cause I don't think 14 will be enough to get that done just for those two guys alone. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. I was going to say, can they try to stay under it and maybe try to give Brock Bezer a deal? Cause he's an RFA after the next season, he's getting paid $5.8 million. Um, undeservably so, but like, do they try to figure out something with him? Do they try to ditch some other guys? They have a couple pending UFAs. So do they try to say to like two Hughes or to Pedersen, like, Hey, let's, let's figure out something. And then when some guys come off the sheet here, we can get you, get you paid better and, and see if that works. But I don't know. We'll have to see what happens with them. Um, but let's keep it moving. Let's go to free agency. And should we, we'll skip this first point on our little uh, pre-show neat sheet. Cause we will cover him when we get to the Bruins today in one of the bigger defenseman signings we talked about with the expansion draft, he was a pending UFA, but Dougie Hamilton has signed with the New Jersey Devils, which Hamilton had been linked to a number of different teams that were in desperate need of defense. And he decides to go to New Jersey. You mentioned it a little bit, having PK, having an interesting enough team, but what do you guys think of the Dougie Hamilton deal? Mark, we'll start with you because uh, I kind of cut you off with the Vancouver part. <laughs> Yeah, so he got a seven-year deal, $63 million. That's like what? Uh, like it's a little bit over eight. Nine a year. Nine, nine a year. Yeah. Um, big commitment to him. I, I'm not a fan of his game. I feel like he's a stat guy, not necessarily like a push-you-out-of-the-way-in-front-of-the-net battler, like the type of hockey you need to play in the playoffs to win type of guy. Um, this is, he's been on a lot of teams now he's bounced around. Um, I don't, I don't know what other players think of him, so I can't comment, but that's a big commitment. Seven years to a guy that has kind of a tough history of, of, uh, being a, a winner and like a playing winning yeah. type hockey. And, you know, I don't, you know where I'm getting at. No, I know what you're getting at. And I think it's a little risky for them. Well, what's interesting is that they're so young and they still have $22 million in cap space. So maybe they just. Well, actually, they, I think they need to still sign some forwards, but they have so many pending UFAs or, or RFAs. They have two right now they need to resign, and both are forwards. Um, and then they have a bunch of those guys that we've talked about with this team that are fairly fun to talk about, including Jack Hughes, that they need to figure out some sort of deal either now or next summer to get themselves in a position of, of spending that money and P.K. Subban, he's a UFA next year. I feel like he's not going to get re-signed. And even if he does, his cap hit of $9 million gets off the book. So maybe that opens up some stuff. But 
you're right, Mark. It is a lot of space to use for a guy that maybe you're showing of this is a, a major target to you, Jack Hughes, to you, Nico Hughes, to you, Miles Wood, to all these young guys that have really like stepped into their own and are starting to be like assets that Devils fans can be excited about. And they're saying, hey, we do want to like set you guys up for the future and not just wait until we want to pay you. We want to show you that we're committed to some sort of future here. Yeah, I mean, I I think that they lost Zajac and they lost well, they uh, lost, Paul Mary. Lose, they traded him. Sorry, at, at the trade deadline, yeah. They, they lost them at the trade deadline. Those two guys were their leadership. They were their veteran presence. Yes, PK, but they were their veteran. They were the, the assistant captains, blah, blah, blah. They were it, right? So – now you bring in a guy like Hamilton who has, like Mark said, a semi-winning pedigree being on successful teams, but also he has kind of a bad reputation in some aspects, but also recently they're saying he has a good reputation. It's, it's 50-50 good and bad. You know, you, you, it's not universal. He's a good guy. So now you have that as your, new quote-unquote veteran in the room pk is pk which he's he seems like a great teammate seems like a good guy but we all know why he's there he was a salary dump for for um nashville nashville no, thank you and it was a reverse well it was a salary dump but new jersey was trying to go for it when they but when they picked him up yeah but were they really it felt like they were and they thought they were <laughs> and the flyers shut him up um and but, yeah, more so, yeah, so, so who cares? So to me, uh, yeah, I just think and that the Rangers. it's interesting. It's interesting move. If you're going to bring in a veteran to bring in a guy like Hamilton, who, yes, like Mark said, is winning pedigree, but also has that 50, 50. Is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Um, stigmatism, I should say, sure. or whatever around him. So yeah, that's just my two. Uh... They, they did pick up Brian Graves too from Colorado. He's a pretty sick D man. Yeah, yeah, he's the Wood, they're building a decor. They have, they have. I love Woods, by the way. Miles Wood, he's sweet. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. We all. He can be dangerous, and he's a guy that's like he's already getting paid two point seven, and probably when he goes to arbitration next year, will probably get a pretty sweet offer sheet. Um, and then they need to sign Jack Hughes. He's getting paid less than a million dollars, so they're like they're going to be in a weird spot where like nine million dollars is going to get cleared up, and that probably gets. Basically, that contract, maybe not $9 million, but some portion of that goes to Jack Hughes. Then they need to lock down Miles Wood, who's right now 2.7. So, like, how does the rest of that money get spent there? They need to. They still need to get some more forwards, probably get some veteran dudes to kind of build up that locker room. Like, the average age of their forward you, core is 23. That's crazy. Let me ask you a question. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's awesome. That's unreal. Yeah. Let me ask you a question. Because they also picked up Jack Hughes' brother. Luke Hughes. I was just going to say that defenseman but um thank you luke hughes do you think the way jack hughes has played is he worth the type of numbers that you're putting out there jordy is he is he the two seasons he's played the first season obviously wasn't great because he was 18 and and 100 pounds soaking wet last season do you think he and based on how he goes next season do you think he's earned that next level like top player in the in league uh contract or do you think he needs a bridge deal for a couple years for a three-year bridge deal and then he'll get that that uh that 
Taylor Hall type of money. Well, they paid Nico Heischer $7.2 million, and do you think he was at that level? Uh, I mean, he did pretty well for them when they were in the playoffs, no? Uh, he had one point in five games, and then in that season, he had 52 points and played all 82 games, then 47 points That's in 69, 36 points in 2020, and 11 I mean, points you in got to see, you got, you got to see you. You've now got to see Jack Hughes play, and so have we, so have Mark and I, because the division shuffle, whatever, and, and yeah. the Northeast, Northeast, you've got to see him play. Yes, he makes an impact on the power play. Yes, he's great offensively. He doesn't win faceoffs. He's suspect in the D zone. Do you think he's worth the type of money that, that you're talking about? Maybe not $9 million. That's why I was saying maybe not that number. But, like, they're probably yeah. going to pay him, I don't know, 4 or $5 million. That, same, that yeah, seems... Yeah, which is not... Yeah, it's not that's that like level. a middle of the deal. That's okay, right? That's like I a middle of the saying, road. That's not like I that's said not before. Like, it wasn't nine million dollars. That's not like he's your superstar. But that's not like that's not like he's your superstar money. Like you okay. draft him overall, we all expected him to be making superstar money, like Matthews type. And of he money. still but could. That, You're right because he's been tiny and he's been growing. You look at him comparatively to his brother in that draft video, and we might as well just roll into the draft talk of that. Jack still looks tiny compared to his brother, and Quinn somehow looks smaller as well. Um but he, I think he's continuing to work Luke. that way, and he looked a lot better this past year. I mean, 11 goals on a team that wasn't very good and had very suspect goaltending, which is still where New Jersey kind of sits, is they they need a, a solid guy. Although, uh, a couple of... I mean, Blackwood's were, good. Yeah, I was about Blackwood. to say, Blackwood was pretty good. Um, and so was Scott Wedgwood. The Bruins. The, Bruins, the Bruins couldn't score against him at all. And so was Scott Wedgwood. But they just signed, or they have Bernier still on the team, or they just signed Bernier. To like kind of be, I guess that, I don't know, some sort of bridge to get Blackwood, maybe a veteran to help him out. Um, but it, they're going to be a really interesting team to follow and what they end up doing. I, th- I think they got to do a bridge deal, and I don't think Hersher d- deserved that contract. Yet. I don't think so either. Could, that was my point. Of could, like, does he end up getting some sort of crazy number because of the name value he brings? It could become a, a, a bargain down the road. I mean, in three years from now, if he's still, if Hersher's still making seven point two, that's going to look really good. So that was a that was a gamble, but it could pay off. I, I think if I was huge and I was the Devils, I would be like, "Look, you're 20 years old. Um, we believe in you. Let's do a bridge deal because we want to pay you what you deserve, but we just can't right now. Yeah. So let's do a three-year deal. Let's say six or seven, not nine, ten. I wasn't going nine, get. ten. I was saying yeah, yeah, like that range. Yeah, is what I was trying to get. You should, you should get like a team-friendly 5.5 like yeah. McKinnon deal. What he did. Yeah, that's okay. That's where I was trying to get at. All right, but more draft talk because we've, uh, I think we've gotten everything in, in terms of, uh, oh, no, we're still, no, no, we're in free agency talk. Um, or But we kind of skipped the draft. But quick draft hits. We talked about Luke Hughes. Uh, the Michigan Mania, four out of the first five picks are either Michigan players or going to be Michigan players. Um, Matty D's probably celebrating somewhere, but I don't think he realized uh, <laughs> and then the other notable one, Kirby Doc's brother and the guy that Kirby Doc ran into when he broke his wrist at the World Juniors, both drafted the Blackhawks. Anything else that stuck out in the draft for you guys? Uh, I'm pumped because you talked about the Michigan thing, and, and I, I know we talked about it pre-show, and I still didn't look it up, but this is the first time a college player has been drafted number one overall in like 
I'm going to throw up a number, which could be wrong and someone can fact check me, but I would say 10 years, if not more. Um, so college hockey is back. Um, and Michigan, Cam York, if he had stayed, imagine how good that team would be next year. Hey, Cam York. Love him. Love that kid. But let's go back to free agency. Dougie Hamilton, the Devils. We just talked about that. Pekka Rene retired. Kind of felt like that was coming, especially with everything with UC Soros. Uh, Nashville now in kind of a weird goalie situation that they've been in, but now it kind of gets official. Um, I don't know. Good career on, on Pekka Rene. Obviously, it kind of you know ended pretty quickly for him, but it was a fun career. That run for Nashville four years ago was awesome. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on that, or should we just keep moving? Keep it moving. Yeah. Uh, so Ryan Sutter, Suter, he got let go and as well as um, – Bought out. Bought out. He was bought out as well as uh, the other player that's – why am I forgetting? The guy who came from New Jersey. Zach Parise. Zach Parise, thank you. Both got bought out by, by Minnesota. He just had a four-year deal with the Stars um, for a $3 million a average annual value. Um, I don't know. This is another example of the stars just kind of building that, that solid defense. Are we, are we set to see a similar stars team in 2022? I mean, they did, they did make it to Stanley cup two years ago. They had a little bit of an off year last year, but that, I mean, their best guys were hurt. No, 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 no. That's what I mean. Are we similar to see a similar team of just defensive grinded out type of team? Yeah. I think that team, the team, relied a lot on their defense right they yes their first line or their top two studs on offense had goals but they also got a lot of goal help from like scoring depth right from their d so i think this helps yes i think goaltending is still gonna be their their primary uh like ottinger the kid from bu is two years removed from college and will he is he good enough to to do a full season or are they gonna bring in a guy to be the number one you know that i think is is the biggest question mark goaltending to me is can like they're able to do in the bowl because anyone can go on a run any goalie can get hot at any time tim thomas but will they be able to sustain and last a full season 82 games this year next year with that decor that's the biggest question and and, uh, i don't know i don't know that i don't know that does it just because i don't know if that does it if um, Jesus, I don't know if if Suter makes that happen, but I think ultimately it comes down to what are they going to get from the goaltending. Sure, that's a that's fair. They just um, picked up Holpe. They just or did they pick uh, up Holpe? Oh, yeah. huge! Oh, Brandon wow. Holpe. That's a there you go. That's pretty crazy. That's and they huge. and Nero Heiskanen just signed a huge, huge re-signing. Um, getting well paid. deserved. Yeah, well deserved. One of the best defensemen in the league, and he's twenty two. Getting paid $8.4 million. Uh, another trade that just came through, the Rangers have picked up Darcy Kemper from the – how the Avalanche get involved? I think that's supposed to be the Coyotes. Um, and uh, – no, the Avalanche picked up Darcy Kemper. Excuse me, not the Rangers. Rangers signed a different player. ESPN has the logos fucked up. The Avalanche pick up Darcy Kemper from the Arizona Coyotes – for a first-round draft pick, so the Coyotes got a second first-rounder for 2022, and and defenseman Connor Timmins in exchange for Darcy Kemper. So, Kemper off the books for the Coyotes. This is breaking news. And they get a first-round draft pick. It's kind of huge. Just lost Grubauer, and they pick up a, a veteran guy. Uh, Avalanche's D, or 
Avalanche's goalie, if he's the guy that's you're relying a lot on him to make sure that he's good, but we'll have to see what happens there. Yeah, I mean that goalie, like you said, goalie's been their Achilles heel. Like, is that is he the is answer? The is move this a change that, of scene, scene. Are you going to do it? I was going to say, is this the move that that gets him to them? Gets them over the over the hump and gets them past the the Vegas hump, if you will. That I, they that I guess they we're going to have to, to see. Um, another one we mentioned before. Seattle picked up Vidic Vanek from the the Capitals. Seattle has traded traded it back to him, or traded him back to the Washington Capitals in exchange for a second round pick that the Capitals acquired from the Winnipeg Jets in 2023. So there knowing you go. that they're going to sign, yeah, no, <laughs> there you go. They. They picked him up knowing they're going to sign them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, they're going to sign the other goalie. They're yeah. going to sign somebody else once they did. Um, all right. So other free agency signings, Zach Bogosian goes back to Tampa. Um, he just spent the last year with, I think the Leafs, correct. And obviously didn't work out there going back to Tampa who very interesting spot. We kind of mentioned it, that they've traded away a couple guys. They lost a few others from the expansion draft. I think the lightning will be just fine. What do you guys think? Yeah. I mean, the lightning, it's hard, it's hard based on, it's hard to feel bad based for them. On, <laughs> back yeah. Backups. And it's, we have the, we have the best goalie, best defenseman and one of the top forwards in all of hockey. It's hard to, yeah. hard, hard to say they're not going to be good and hard to say they're not going to be great. I mean, Bogosian is, is, a great guy but has he reached his limit can he handle a full season yeah they only know for less than a million dollars so yeah i think it's good for them it builds up some more of their depth gets some of their grip back which not that they didn't need it but it's it'll be good especially because they're playing they'll have to play boston more and and the flyers more and and the capitals will have to play those teams that are actually physical and like the the shitbag division they were in this year so uh, this will be good. Uh, yeah, and they signed uh, Pierre Edward Belmar, who the fly, former Flyer, former Vegas Golden Knight, another guy that's just a, a nice mid to bottom six forward. That is that kind of gritty grinder who can play play up the middle. He can play on a wing. Uh, just another guy that uh, probably helps him out a bunch. They essentially lost Tyler Johnson and Yanni Gordy. That's that hurts. Yeah, and they replaced Dennis Savard with Bogosian, two guys, two big righty D who play similar games, and they just locked up Braden Point to an eight-year deal, $76 million a year. Yeah, um, $9.5 so, million once he kicks in, which is wild. He, he's sick. He's like, so good. He, it's deserving. But uh, they're going to have, if you round up Victor Hedman to $8 million because he's 7.8, they have five different guys over $8 million as, as a cap hit, which is nuts. <laughs> yeah, that is that is eight million dollars is is a tenth of their salary cap, and it's nuts. Jordy, Jordy and Mark, real quick, is Kucherov the best player and or best uh, forward after after back to back cups? Uh, I mean, he looked that way in the playoffs. But Braden Point, you can't not deny how good he is. So I mean, yeah, I, it's, he's huge for that. For yeah, best forward, just, best forward in the league, Greg, or yeah, Connor McDavid. Come on, yeah. I still think it's McDavid. I mean, yeah. Back to okay. Back to back. Greg I hates Connor. Back to backups. I don't hate Mark, Connor McDavid, but Mark, back, you gotta back, you gotta back remember. Ups. Greg doesn't like West Coast players that aren't on TV a lot, so you gotta remember that. Like, 
if Connor McDavid had Stamkos, if he had Braden Point, if he had Hedman, if he had the best goalie in the world on his team. I mean, he has Dreadsaddle on his line. And no, they're on different lines. Does he have, does he have Vasilevsky and Hedman, the best D and Vasilevsky, the best goalie yeah, in the world? Th- th- you're not wrong. That's a huge thing. Yeah. Vas- I mean, Vasilevsky is the best. Yeah. By far the best, too. Kucherov's uh, a top five forward in the world. Top five. He's, yeah. yeah, easily. I mean, I'd almost say top three, but. Mm, Crosby. Still. So I. Right now, I'd rather take Kucherov. I, Crosby's a great all-around player, and that's not because I don't like Sidney Crosby. Um, but Kucherov's really fucking good. Who's – yeah, never mind. We're not getting into a ranking thing here. Um, all right, so let's jump into <laughs> our teams. We'll start with the Flyers. And I got to say, some of these teams – some of these moves have been home runs. Some's are, some are a little bit of a head-scratcher. Let's run through them. Flyers kick things off, picking up Ryan Ellis. Love the move. It's a guy that they were talking about looking at during the season. And they actually went out and got him after. Mark called it that they were maybe going to get him during the season. They end up getting him now. And Mark then, after pointing out that he called it, said, and you didn't have to overpay like you would have during the regular season. So, Mark, congratulations. <laughs> Good job. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for putting it out in the universe. Hey, yeah, just doing my part for the pod, right? For, for the <laughs> listeners. Uh, so then they, they a part of this defensive rebuild, they end up trading Shane Gossesbear. We mentioned it to Arizona Coyotes. They end up basically paying the Coyotes in draft picks to take Gossesbear and clear up cap space, which they desperately needed to do. And they end up then trading the 13th overall pick on... Saturday's draft to in a cup and a few other picks to the Buffalo Sabres for Rasmus Ristolainen, who another guy that I wanted them to try to pick up at some point in the regular season. And it seemed like they overpaid. I still am not happy that they had to trade away their first round pick, but at this point of seeing all the other trades and what happened, it seemed almost like it was market value, that it was a real seller's market of just how things went. And I've really come more to terms with it. Um, but they pick him up to really help solidify more of the defense, a big physical guy who is on the final year of his deal, $5.4 million cap hit. So kind of basically replace Robert Haig, who was a part of that trade, and Shane Gossespair. You throw their money together and you're basically getting risk to line in. They end up shedding a lot of draft picks for it uh, and now they don't have a second rounder for the next two years draft picks they had acquired from other teams are now gone so they only have philadelphia flyer original picks um but their defensive core they continue to add on they added keith yandel to a one-year deal for less than a million dollars and it has a complete no trade clause he wanted to be in philadelphia he apparently had offers on the table that were for more money but he wanted to come to philly play with his buddy kevin hayes who in his introductory press conference, Kevin Hayes was on the Zoom and said, my buddy, as as soon as he came on, basically like we do when we're on our pre-shows. And hilariously, Cap Friendly has him on, listed as both a left wing and a defenseman, and they have him in the forward section of the Cap Friendly area. But they re-signed Sam Morin to a $750,000 deal, who basically can be a seventh defenseman, and you can almost switch him out with Justin Braun or with Keith Yandel, kind of using a, almost a seven-man rotation of defensemen. 
um, to give Cam York, to give uh, Edgar Zamula a little time in the A, be a first pairing there, and really get a lot of play time. We'll start here of just them really solidifying up their defensive core. Mark, I know you were super high on this, so we'll start with you, and then we'll let Greg tear us both all the way down afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm pretty stoked. I'm pretty pumped about this. Stoked. I'm going to do Philly accent. Oh, I'm pumped. No, I... <laughs> Oh, what a, what a 30 seconds of the podcast right there. What a 30 seconds of a podcast. Dude, I Jordy love coming these in with the, moves. Jordy coming with the flames and Mark coming in with the accent. Oh, I love it. Keep it, keep it going, Mark. What do you I'll love? Go on, I'll go on a little rant. I, I just love it. I think this is the best D core that the Flyers have had in since I can remember. Probably the Pronger days, as Jordy said. But, yeah, they got rid of Gotha Spirit, essentially replaced him with Yandel, both offensive guys, and Yandel's cheap, just a one-year deal. Um, now you got the Kevin Hayes, Yandel, Masshole connection. Uh, Kevin Cam Hayes, Atkinson. Cam Atkinson. They were teammates at BC. Yeah. I played against I played against Atkinson and Hayes my whole life and in high school. And then my brother played against Yandel in high school, so I might be rooting for them this year. <laughs> but uh, they got rid of Orchek's contra- contract. I hated that. Uh, glad they did that. Um, but yeah, Ryan Ellis, love his game. Him and Provorov, I'm, they might pair together. They might split them up. But Ristolainen, big, big guy. Um, he's he's only has one year on his contract, so he might have to get paid um, after this year. But, yeah, Provorov, Ellis, Ristolainen, Yandel on D, Justin Braun. Um, I like Cam Atkinson's game. He's a 30-goal scorer. Still have JVR, Kevin Hayes. Uh, I like what they did. I mean, the only questionable thing they did, but it wasn't really risky, was sign – Martin Jones to a one-year deal. I mean, just looking at his stats the past three seasons, he's got a 0.896 save percentage, which is terrible. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's not a risk, but I, he wouldn't be my first choice as a backup goalie. Yeah, I agree but, with that. Um, I uh, With the names that were out there, I would have preferred them to try to get somebody. But granted, seeing what Darcy Kemper just went for and the fact the Flyers would have probably had to give up another first-rounder for it um, – I guess we'll have to see what happens with that. Um, and you mentioned Cam Atkinson. I was gonna, we were just, I was gonna move position by position, but uh, I'm very excited about that. You basically mentioned it of kind of very similar players, uh, although Atkinson more of a goal scorer rather than what Voracek ended up being a physical playmaker uh, and a lot less money. So it's awesome. I love both of those deals, or I love Atkinson Jones. We'll have to see what happens there. I mean, I guess he went to a Stanley Cup, and I guess maybe he can mentor Carter Hart in that way. That was supposed to be Brian Elliott's deal and Brian Elliott stunk too. So who the fuck knows what's going to happen? Sorry, you continue. No, it's pretty much all I have. I mean, I, I love Atkinson's contract, only 5.8. I mean, maybe a little too much, but Konechny, he's only making 5.5 for the yeah. next four years. You guys are going to. Well, Couturier is the one that, that you're going to have to wonder about. If He's getting paid 4.3 and they either have to lock him up for some sort of extension and see what he ends up getting there. But Giroux's a, a pending UFA at the end of the year as well. So who knows what happens with all of that. Couturier is going to take Giroux's money. Probably. Some of that Giroux money is going to go to him and Ristolainen. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. We'll have to see what happens. And who knows what happens at the end of the Claude Giroux era. It's really funny. There's a, a guy, a Flyers beat reporter, that a lot of Flyers Twitter does not like. And he gets roasted by other teams' hockey Twitters. Um, who... who I guess there were rumors that Drew and and a couple other guys could also be a part of the purge, 
And he just, his tweet was simply, Giroux will remain captain, Clark, uh, Chuck Fletcher says. And Claude Giroux retweets, it says, six scoops. I won't say the guy's name. <laughs> just completely chirps this guy and buries him. And it's just why we all love, love Drew. You know, obviously his captaincy is, you know, very mediocre, but at least that kind of stuff, the, the, uh, the attitudes of a lot of these guys and for included, and I'm a little bummed to see him go, but, um, I understand with his contract, how crazy that was. And the overpayment that ended up happening when he led the league in assists and all that. Um, but the attitudes there are great. And, I don't know if Kevin Hayes or, or Keith Yandel ended up retweeting it, but the next day or yesterday when they re, when they signed Yandel, he tweets out saying, "Kevin Hayes and Keith Yandel are very good friends." I've heard, and I hope that somebody retweeted it saying six scoop. But uh, nonetheless, Greg, the floor is yours. What do you think? I I love that I could he- I could see and feel and hear your smile while you were introducing <laughs> all the moves that they made. There's a few just, others too I, that, I hope we'll, that, that we'll throw in as uh, some quick hits at the end. Yeah, I, ho- I hope that people could hear it, hear the smile just as much as I could hear it and feel it and sense it. Um, honestly, I think last year was an eye opener for them. I think they realized like, hey, if we want to be the cream of the crop, like we're in a division of top teams, and we came like, like we couldn't even sniff the playoffs, and and. I think last year was, like I said, a, an eye-opener, and they realized they needed to make and have a little change and, and restack on D, as you mentioned, give Carter Hart some help, and then at the same time, sure up some more offensive depth and scoring. I think Atkinson's a great choice for that, and he, he has that grit that, that JVR has. He plays a similar game that Hayes, you know, he brings that. He's a little faster than those guys. He He's got those short little legs that he just whips around a uh, little bit like Gallagher type player. If Mark yeah, that, that was going to be my exact, that. my exact response is he is, he has that rat attitude quick. And honestly, like, yeah. when I, when obviously this year, not included, and I only went to, I only ended up going to one flyers game, but in the games with the blue jackets being in the metropolitan division and seeing him play, it always felt like he was around the goal He's either scoring that kind of garbage goal that you'd see Wayne Simmons score a lot for Flyers fans, or he's a part of assists. He's just kind of making things happen. And I think if he plays like that, he hopped on his first call with Greg's favorite mark. He had a gritty t-shirt on. Uh, he, I think, wants to be a part of this. He he said he liked what we were you know, the Flyers were doing, and it, I think probably a large part of that's the Ryan Ellis deal. But the fact that they made a commitment to what they wanted to do and getting guys that are excited to be here. Uh, it's just, it's exciting to see because it's, yeah, I think you're right, Greg, of like the attitude, there's something need to be changed. And I think a lot of locker room presence of guys that have worn A's on their jerseys, whether it's Yandel, whether it's Ristolainen, Ellis, I don't know if Atkinson did or not, but I think he was a large part definitely of that core. He, he definitely did. He okay. was there for so yeah. long. He, he was there for did. so long. Exactly. But that yeah. attitude change I think has come and hopefully you see a translation on the ice. No, and, and I think that like he's the perfect Philly guy, right? He's the he's the Martian, but not as not as good and dirty. But he, you know, he's he's that, like you said, Gallagher type, and and I think that that's the he fits in perfectly with with that theme of the team. I, I think that the only thing that they didn't address was was top line scoring, and I think they're hoping that the last two years for COVID they'll chalk it up to that. But I think yeah, top line scoring. They've been trying to go more more depth. They added Nate Thompson, who was on the team two years ago. And you know he was fine and did fine with with not Vegas with Winnipeg, 
So I I think they're trying to go try to solidify the bottom six because we all the six of us or the the three of us with the bottom six and a, a lot of people too were very high on the, especially that fourth line and they didn't really perform great really outside of like Scott Lawton and I th- and he ended up getting a a contract extension which was great for him but I think just adding guys there and and trying to build a a confidence on that end was certainly a big part of it. I yeah, just, and, and yeah. Sorry, I just I just think that that the top line scoring they don't necessarily they don't have that. Like even the Islanders have Barzell. You know, sure. you, they even they just they you need one guy. Yeah, Drew might be that guy, but if it's not in the power play, can he can he still score five on five goals? Uh, he hasn't proved it in the last two that years. Was, but that's a that's a very big question the Flyers fans have been asking for a while. Not just of Drew, but of a lot of Philadelphia Flyers players. <laughs> Although yeah, so ironically, like, they were actually a lot better at five on five this this past season than they were on the the aforementioned shitty power play. <laughs> uh, so Joel yeah, Farabee, so, though, I mean, we'll see year three. Yeah, if he blows Farabee, up. Farabee, Farabee, Farabee might be the guy to to. He certainly showed flashes of it last year. He might be the and, guy that could be the top top two or top. And if Kateri can get back so. to like a thirty goal season, then they could be okay. Yes, that's so, what they're so hoping. I, guess, I think. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, they're 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 taking a gamble that that at least Farabee will be the up and comer as a second liner with Hayes and and do that whole thing, and then and then you could even throw uh, Atkinson on that line, which would be a nice little thing. And that's then probably what it's going to be is on, like because Farabee and Hayes have played together the last couple of years, and maybe yeah. throw throw because Atkinson can play either wing. Throw him over. Really, just have them pick whichever side they want and have Hayes center it up. And, yeah. and he's got the there. he's got the speed to keep yeah he's got the speed to keep up with with Farabee but the physicality to match Hayes so it's it's kind of kind of works out but yeah um yeah so they're they're probably hoping for that and and taking a gamble and, and taking a taking a not a gamble because they've already paid these guys but hoping that these guys continue to the top lines will will have to score so other than that I think they did all the things they needed to do like I said they learned this year that they're nowhere near a top team in the league and, and they needed to make a, a bunch of moves and make a big splash. And, and they did. So yeah. I'm glad, sorry, I cut you off, Mark, but I'm glad, uh, I'm glad I could hear Jordy smile. And hopefully, <laughs> uh, hopefully, hopefully they get some scoring from their top line. If not, they're, they're my, they're in for another rough season, but Mark, go ahead, finish your, finish your sentence. Yeah. Just a couple quick hits to close out. Um, just wanted to, respectively disagree with you both that about the comparison to Gallagher and Gallagher's way more of a pest um, in, in an 82 game season, they both came into the league at the same time and Gallagher's averaging like 80 hits a year. Atkinson's more at like 40. I don't know. I feel um, like I always I, saw him like roughing it up with dudes and like kind of being that pest, at least against the flyers. I, I meant Gallagher's averaging 80 Atkinson's 40. So I think Gallagher's more of like a drawing penalties, getting guys sure. heads chirping the whole time. Atkinson's more respected. They both kill penalties. Um, both can score goals, but I think just Gallagher's more of a pest to me. And sure. then looking at the stats right now, it's backing that up. And then my other point was Flyers. Yeah, they have cap room. They're gonna. They're not gonna sign Drew. He's gone. This is yeah. another prediction by me because they have to sign Paterie. They have to sign Ristolainen again, depending on how the season goes. And then the big one, Car- uh, Carter Hart. Well, so. He's- He's going to have to be signed. So where's that money going to come from? Yeah. Drew's 33. He's gone. That's what I was going to finish up with is that they currently have $8 million in cap space, a little more than that, but they have pending qualifying offers 
to both Carter Hart and Travis Sanheim. Both of them, and Sanheim's going to arbitration, so we'll see what he ends up getting. But both of them are probably going to get a decent chunk. Maybe Carter Hart you can convince to do some sort of bridge deal and be like, hey, we think you're the guy, but we kind of need to see, like, we need to get, we need to figure out what money we can get off the books again. And, but then, like, yeah, numbers wise, numbers wise, he hasn't really earned that. that exactly. Yeah, like, that's why I'm hoping they can just kind of tell him that. Like, Nico Bakubel can go to arbitration next year and he's getting paid over $1 million. It's so, like, who knows what he'll end up getting. Joel Farabee goes, is an RFA next year and they're going to have to pay him. Like, there's a couple guys that maybe they just, they kind of punt on of like a Jackson Cates or Morgan Frost of figuring out what they're going to do. They were guys that were thrown around as potential trade targets, as different shits that could, or different shit that could happen. So it'll be really <laughs> interesting what'll happen. I, I tend to agree with you though, Mark, of like the Drew era, people were kind of hoping he might get dealt, but I think 8.2 is a little too much to try to get a team to take unless you're really coming up with some sort of crazy deal and considering they've had to pay literally pay teams and draft picks to take other players off their hands i feel like that's probably just a little too steep right now so they almost have to figure out what ends up happening and and go from there with drew um and hopefully give him a swan song that uh flyers fans will remember but let's keep it moving or what do you have one last point i just had a question like if you if your season's not going as planned next year and it's mid it's trade deadline can you trade him to a team and does the team have can they acquire him even if they're over the cap or do they have to make the money work? So I know teams have been over the cap. So to answer your question, that was a joke. Somebody put on flyers, Twitter, either today or yesterday of this team is there's no, there's no way in between either this works really well or it's going to be a fucking disaster. And they're either going to be buyer. They're going to be like one of the, the front running buyers or one of like the biggest fire sales at the trade deadline. So it's interesting that you asked that. But I know teams, when they picked up players, Giroux has a no-move clause, so they'll have to ask him to, tr- to waive it, which he previously has said he'll go down with the ship and all of that. But if you say to him, we want to give you to a team that has a really good shot at winning, maybe he takes it and, and decides to go. And, you know, there's, you know, the, the send, send him off in glory and all that. I think with the trade deadline, I, I actually don't know the answer, but I feel like I've seen teams... They get over the cap after the trade deadline, and then it all kind of becomes fine because of the whole playoffs. There's no cap kind of thing. I don't know. Greg, do you have an idea? I think uh, what a lot of teams will do is they – like the Flyers will still pay him. Is that what ends up being? They just retain it? Yeah. Yeah, to a little bit, I think. Because like – or like – or let's say he goes to the Bruins – like the Flyers paid him for the first half of his salary, and the Bruins will pay him for like however yeah, many games that's what he plays. That because team. it's like so this is a pro rate game by kind of game. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a game by game type of salary, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Um, we could be talking completely out of our asses, but anyway. Um, because I yeah, feel like Jordan, I've seen like the Flyers when the well, to, just to answer your question further, like I feel like when the Penguins have added dudes for their cup runs, I feel like they were over the cap, and like it wasn't a bit. Maybe that's why it's because it's like a prorated thing. And maybe, maybe just there was more retention than we thought. And then by the time the playoffs come right. around, it doesn't matter anyway. Um, but yeah, no, that's really about it. They did add a bunch of dudes uh, basically to these veterans to low-figure two-way deals. Um, we could name them off, but it doesn't really matter at this point because it's just basically they're trying to add depth to the Phantoms, trying to add some sort of probably backup in case there's injuries and there's stuff there. 
guys that have solid NHL experience and just trying to give them some sort of idea. Hopefully they don't blow up in their faces. Um, one guy played on the U S Olympic team in 2018 and he hasn't played in the, he played in the NHL for like half a season after that and hasn't played since. So hopefully this doesn't turn into the Phillies pitching staff type of situation. Phillies fans know what I'm talking about there, but let's move on to your Bruins. We skipped over it with the re-signing Taylor Hall, four years, six million a year. You guys got to be pumped, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, I thought that's exactly what would happen. He would match uh, Bergeron, Marchand's contracts, be a team-friendly guy, and I think it's it's great for both sides. He wanted to be there, wanted to be a part of that culture, and he's already made a ton of money in the league, and I think it's it works for both parties. Yeah, I, I think that this is – it's too bad that this is being, like, downplayed a little bit in Boston because from the second that – Taylor Hall, like after two games, he, or even like he was asked right away, like, is this just a one year thing? Like, and he immediately, as soon as he's done, he's like, yeah, I want to be here long term. This is a, this is the group I want to be in. He's like, I knew after two games. So, not that, not that we knew this was coming, if you will, but like, I feel like this is not as big of a deal as it should be or should have been if this was just like a, hey, we signed Taylor Hall. Like, if he wasn't traded to them last year, I guess is the right way of saying that. Um, so I think that has a factor as to why we're probably not smiling through the podcast like you are. Um, but yeah, huge for them. The second line, second line scoring has been an issue. They have, they've had the depth, they've had the back end, they've had the depth, they've had the goaltending. They just needed someone else to score five on five besides the consistently besides the top line. Um, so I think getting a guy like Tara Hall and then they need to surround him with if Krejci comes back, which we'll, we'll talk about later, but getting a guy like that in the second line and, and even second power play, or even if they had him run a little bit with the first power play, that is is huge and unreal for Boston. That's been their biggest weakness the last couple of years is depth scoring. So getting a guy that can score on a second line is unreal, and, and I'm all about it. I'm pumped that's happening, and uh, hopefully – Hopefully he delivers and uh, they can get over the hump. I think we we also yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I'll, we'll get on to the next point after. What do you think of it, Jordy? As someone who has to play the Bruins regularly, what do you think? I think it's awesome. I mean, you mentioned it—a guy in your second line that can, you know, be a part of it. You saw what happened. He came out of the gate firing with it, and and you're right. The it was immediately coming out praising the team and was really excited. So I think it's huge. Um, you know, obviously a guy that could have been a sweepstakes candidate in terms of, you know, almost franchise changing goal scoring type of player decided to stay on a team with a lot of really good players from the best of what they do in the league and, and not being the guy. And it's just huge. I think it's a, you know, real, real big piece fitter. And some of the other deals the Bruins have made have been pretty awesome. So I, you know, if I was a Bruins fan, I'd be pumped. Yeah. I think, uh, I think this is definitely the, the thing they needed, and, and like I said, I feel like we're it's been a long time coming, but this is the biggest need on paper overall last X amount of years. This is, this is it. This is what they needed, and, and I think uh, they finally got it. I think more on the some of the other deals. Yeah, let's um, keep moving. Getting, yeah, so they, they uh, Mike Riley, the defenseman that they got the trade deadline, um, they just re-signed him. The three-year extension, I should say. So they loved the way he played when he came in. 
that was a good little signing. He's he's a good little offensive third D pair kind of guy um, behind Grizzly and McAvoy, obviously. So that's great for them and, and great for him. Definitely needed the big bearing the lead. Uh, Nick Felino signed him to, to a deal today, which is just a veteran guy who wants to win. He's proven that he has that physicality and that, that extra oomph that, that the Bruins desperately were missing and lacking uh, the last couple of years. Um, the last couple of cup runs, I should say. Uh, really since Lucic and, and Horton left, they haven't had that sort of presence, um, if you will. So he helps bring that. Um, and then, Mark, you want to talk about some of these other guys that you love? Yeah, I was just going to say, Foligno's a former captain, Columbus, and he's only signed a two-year deal with us. He's 33, but it's going to be only like 3.8 a year against the cap. Um, I mean, this is a guy who, who scores, what, like, 20 goals a year and he gets hundred hits a year. So just what the Bruins need. Um, and then we also got Eric Halla. He was uh, signed a two year deal. He had 29 goals like 2017, 2018 with Vegas. So some upside there. I mean, he's still relatively young. Um, so that's a great third line guy to have almost a 30 goal scorer. Um, we signed Derek Forbort. I've never really heard of him, but he's six foot four, 29 years old, three year deal, essentially uh, replacing the size we lost with Kevin Miller and Jared Tenorti. Um, and then, yeah, after the past couple of years, I think Sweeney noticed the Blues dominated us, the Islanders dominated our. I'm talking about us being the bottom, our bottom six, our third and fourth lines, just getting out muscled. So, see you later. Sean Corrali, see you later, Nick Ritchie. Uh, in comes Thomas Nozick from Vegas Golden Knights. I, he's pretty noticeable when I watch them play. Um, yeah, so Foligno, Nozick getting some size back there. Halla, almost 30-goal scorer. Um, Kevin Miller retired. Sean Corrali to Columbus. Um, Nick Ritchie, Andre K- Kashi. See, I think the, the Ritchie thing's kind of funny because, yeah, he had a he was scoring a ton of goals last year, but it was all on the power play with some of the best guys in the league. So I think teams teams noticed that, and that's why he's still not signed. Um, yeah, he uh, yeah. he he really sorry to cut you off, but he really benefited from uh, someone was hurt early, so he um, Richie got a lot of power play time, and then as people started to get healthy again, it sort of he got pushed to power play too, didn't get as much attempts and and the goals sort of fell off but i jordy imagine a line with felino and 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 coil that'd be a third line that'd be crazy i mean it's happening so yeah. so i don't it's pretty exciting and, who's centering and, that felino or do you want or do you want charlie coil taking it and put him on like and put him on a wing felino so what they did in the playoffs with corrali and and coil was i don't know what felino is but they did lefty righty Felino can, the best Felino can play all three, and he has. He was centered. No, in but Columbus. I'm just saying what, oh, okay. whatever was the best. I'm saying whatever was the better like back hit. Like they did one with oh, Crowley and, and Coyle yeah, were yeah. lefty. One was lefty, one was a righty. So they did whatever was the best uh, for that faceoff, if you will. So they might do that, but yeah, I mean, Coyle is is too good. He he shows too many good flashes, and he's streaky, but he shows too many good flashes of. He's got to be your center. Okay. Marcus? Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at – I wanted to screen share with you guys, but 
right now there's no way that there's only 1.8 million dollars in the cap that the Bruins have and they still need to sign Krejci so somebody's got to go and I think it's going to be DeBrusque there's no way we can have him um the projected lines are Marshawn Berger and Pasternak yeah Hall Smith and Coyle Coyle centering that second line the third line would be Hall, Foligno, DeBrusque and the fourth line Nozick, Wagner, Lazar. I love Lazar. We picked him up in that trade for Taylor Hall last year. And then Trent Frederick as the 13th forward. Um, 1.8 million in the cap right now with that lineup. So how how are we going to make room for Krejci? I don't know. Somebody's got to go. Yeah. Yeah. Do they trade him? I mean, Tuka's he's still, still under and, contract for another and, year. Yeah, Tuka's still out there. So that's like a thing they got to maneuver around. I mean, well, Tuka being hurt, could they just sign him but have his contract be under long-term injury reserve? I don't know. I don't know enough. I'm not. I, I don't know enough about that. Um, <laughs> but I, I hope so. That'd be sick. I mean, we'll get into the goalie signing after because that's the whole topic that Mark and I could debate about for for hours. But um, I, I think if Coil, if you go in, if you go in with Coyle and Smith as your second line into the year. I don't know that. I don't know that 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 gets the job done. Granted, Smith and and Hall uh, had some good chemistry and blah blah. blah. I don't know that Hall. I don't know that Smith can keep up, keep up with Hall. I think they need to solidify another good fast center to go with Hall. Um, but I I don't know what the answer is there with who's going to play with Hall. They have to have something up their sleeve because they, yeah, they, that lineup, that second line is not going to work with Coyle centering it. It's not. And no, he's not, he's um, not a second line center. He's, he's, he's proven that. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to do, but I, be really I like interesting to follow just, as an outsider. I mean, like, cause guys, they have a lot of guys under contract. So is it, do they have to just punt it? I mean, they only have a, they have a billion dollars right now in cap space. Or are they going to try to trade away a few guys and just, See what they can do. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it. They had Tuka and, and Krejci are out there, and and yeah. Krejci's deciding if he's gonna go overseas. I think they're that's the big thing. If Krejci's like, yes, I want to come back, then okay, let's make cap room. Let's find a way to get him in here. If Krejci's like, nope, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go overseas and, and play for the team that I own and, and the check. Yeah. Then okay, boom, we'll go out and and get some, get who we want. Um, you have so like, I guess the other thing with goalies is you just signed Linus Olmark, and night but you him. technically don't have a backup on contract. So Swayman is he? Uh, I guess he's. Oh, he's just not. So, Cat friendly doesn't have him on the on the official roster, but uh, he is there. So yeah, so Sw- Sw- yeah, yeah. Swayman was that rookie who came in at the end of the year last year. Absolutely. Yeah, he stood was on solid. his head yeah, for, yeah. yeah, stood on his head down the season, had one loss and what, seven wins or something like that, Mark, and had a great little run there and uh they're banking the future on him, but Olmark and the kid from Buffalo, Mark will talk about his stats, but the kid from Buffalo and, and Swain will be the goalies until Rask is healthy in January if they resign that Rask. Um, cause he's had surgery yesterday successful that, that we got that notification today. Um, but on his hip. Yeah. What'd I say? Yeah. No, I was just saying, I was just adding on yeah. to it. Yeah. So, so 
I don't I mean to me that's the rookie goaltender with Swayman, like we said, and and relying on him for for the first half of the year will be interesting to see what that what happens with that. Um, but yeah, Jordy, it'll be interesting to see how they maneuver and, and get the help around Taylor Hall, unless they say, "Hey, Taylor Hall, you're good enough. You know, you're not going to get much help, but we're going to do here's here's what we have. Go and make this work. Uh, you know, for you, I guess. Yeah. So- I'm going to summarize Linus Olmark for everybody. So this okay. guy has been on Buffalo the past, what, six years? The shittiest NHL franchise in the entire league. Maybe the Coyotes are a little worse, but I'd say Buffalo's yeah, horrible. It's, like, it's up there. <laughs> they're terrible. And this guy has a winning record with them in that time, 50-47. and 47. I'll take it. Winning record, 9-12 save percentage 917 and 915 the past two years and an under a 2.7 goals against so guys six foot four from sweden swedes are known to have great goalies he's only 27 27 yeah 27 years old we signed him to a four-year deal and it's five million against the cap each year so you got a guy who's winning record on the shittiest team he's still relatively young um, and he's, it's not going to be that much against the cap for a goalie five mil. Like he, he's, it's great depth. If Swayman is who we think he could be, I, I like that tandem, but yeah, I mean, Rask is world-class, so it's tough to, uh, replace that. And Krejci, yeah. I don't know what they're going to do. It'd be really interesting to see. Um, we'll see if they try to make some moves, if they try to just, they try to piece together something and, and maybe some minor league deal and try to go that way of, of getting rid of guys to open up some space or do they pay, pay a team, the coyotes to, to take off some guys from their hands. Uh, it'll be very uh, fun to watch. I still think they need a top two top pairing lefty D man. Okay. And then a second line center. Yeah. So they have a lot of work to do. I'm worried about my Bruins. That'd be interesting to see. I mean, uh, the way you were talking earlier, it sounds like you're all in on the Flyers. <laughs> we'll, take like we'll, like take we'll take you. We'll take you. We'll take you. Let's quick hit some re-signings. We mentioned Braden Point signing a big ticket. Landeskog also getting another one. He was a guy that was unprotected in the expansion draft. It would have been kind of a shock if they tried to take him on there. Um, or is it, I guess maybe pending UFAs can't get taken. Is that part of it? Um, but regardless, Ovechkin, five-year contract extension. We'll talk about him versus Gretzky right at the very end when we get Greg's profit corner. Kel McCarr, he's going in. We talked about both of them getting big tickets. Love to see it for them. And Ryan Getzloff, a guy who re-signs with the Ducks, a guy along with Corey Perry were dudes that thought maybe you might see them make some serious movements across the NHL, but... End up signing with their teams. Any of those signed out stand out to you guys of either layups or shocks, anything like that? There were rumors that Getzlav was coming to Boston. In Philly. There was some here too. Hard. Um, no, I mean, Braden Point, a thousand percent makes sense. Landis Gug makes sense. Ovi, five years seems like a lot. Yeah, I thought that too. But uh, five years it. seems like a lot. Yeah, five years seems like a lot. Um, well, especially dead, dead retired cap space. That's a fear. Yeah, what does that mean? 
Well, when they retire, if they retire before, don't you still have to pay like part of the cap on it, on them? Oh shit! Damn. I'm pretty sure that's the rule. But I mean, Ovi never really been an injured guy. I think he wants to try to do as best as he can to maybe not break Gretzky because we'll talk about it in a second. But um, you know, to try to play as long as he possibly can. It seems like a Russian thing to do. Yes. It's nine mil, over nine mil a year. He's going to be making nine mil at like 38 and 39 years old. Crazy. So, but could end ugly. He needs 32.8 a year to pass Gretzky. Do we think it ends up happening? Did COVID screw the Ovechkin, the Ovechkin, 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 Gretzky chase? Wow, that is a tongue twister. Did it screw it up? I don't think he does it. Yeah. I think the two lockouts and COVID may have, yeah, definitely contributed, but uh, no, I don't think he does it. It would have been fun to see, see it get close, but who knows? Mark, what do you think? I, so, so what's, what's, what's the gap? Sorry. What's the gap? Gretzky's at 894 right now. And Ovechkin's at 730. And, yeah. and you said 30, you said 32.8 over 33 five years. goals. Yeah. 33 a year. Yeah. And what, what's what's he averaging now? He's got to uh, be up there, right? Uh, and an 82-game season. Well, I guess his last 82-game season, what was he at? I should – you should have been ready. My fault. Alex Ovechkin in the last couple seasons has been at – he scored 48 in the 2020 season when it was – just 68 games. He scored 24 last year in 45, 51 in 19, 49 in 18, 33. So he definitely, so he, all right. So the so last he, time he didn't better. score 33 goals was in the lockout shortened 2013 Yikes. season when he scored 32 goals. All right. So I guess, so I guess he literally signed so he could do So he could break the record. Alex Ovechkin has never, has only scored less than 33 goals twice in his career. The aforementioned shortened season in 2013 and the 2010-2011 season where he only had 85 points. Guess I'll be eating crow <laughs> when he breaks it's gonna be It's going to be interesting. It's going to be close. It'll be fun. I mean, if he gets a couple more 50-goal seasons, it's definitely possible. I, I want to see it. I want to see it happen. He's won the Rocket Richard Trophy, or at least a share of it, nine times. Holy shit. I mean, it's just awesome. I mean, I hope he does it. I don't know. I mean, it's just crazy to say that, like, a 38-year-old guy is going to be scoring that many goals, but it's Ovi. The guy is just a fucking wall. He's a machine. Just put him out there for the power play and just park him in his office in the slot. I mean, he created the the, hang-out-in-your-spot thing. And the crazy thing is, I think I've told this on the podcast before, we were in Arizona – for our mutual friend Gold Jake Goldberg Goldie's bachelor party, and Ovechkin was chasing 700 at that point, and he was on the ice so much, and he was basically just like kind of floating on the blue line, but most of the time was in the neutral zone. As soon as his team got the puck for the breakout, so instead of like being there as an actual outlet pass, was just trying to get a fucking stretcher to be to try to get on some either odd man rush or on a breakaway or something. Like if he starts doing that towards the end of his career, he could like he could easily just start racking him up because the guy still has a fucking rocket shot. So it is. It's on. Do you think? Do you think he'd rather win another cup or break the record? I think he'd rather win another cup, but 
I think I think he's a Russian. He'd rather break the record. Cause those two go hand in hand. If you're going to make a deep playoff run, that's more. Um, well, no playoff goals don't you know, count. That's more of a toll. It's more of a toll oh, on the that, body you yeah, for yeah, the yeah, other yeah. seasons. Um, yeah, but we'll have to see. I mean, him and Backstrom now are each getting paid nearly over nine million each and nearly twenty million dollars against their cap spot. So we will have to see. They have a lot of guys over five million dollars, and I mean, I guess that's another guy that they left unprotected. Uh, going back to the Seattle question, this, this could be what we end on. T.J. Oshie. And he was born in Seattle. Would have been a fitting story. Too old. They wanted. Yeah, I guess so. They wanted that. They they wanted that young. Uh, they wanted the young. They went young. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else before we wrap this thing up? Uh, yeah. Do you want to talk about how the Olympic break they scheduled it into the schedule? Oh yeah, you're they, right. They still haven't reached a deal yet with the. They still haven't reached a deal yet, saying that they'll actually allow the players to go. I mean, I think it's the same thing that Mark and I talked about before of it's great that they, the fact that they included it in the Olympic break, I think is great. I think at this point, the ball's in the IOC's court, which we'll see what fucking happens with the end of these current Olympics and then leading into next winter with the Beijing ones. Um, but the fact that they included it in the schedule is awesome. And if, t- if Team USA basketball keeps sucking, then that just leaves the door open for hockey guys to uh, <laughs> grow the sport even more. Yeah, uh, that's fair. Get more fans. <laughs> uh, Greg, what do you Take think, though? You're, you're the negative guy on it. What do you think? Negative guy? I want them to play in the Olympics. I know you would. You no, I mean, I guess you're pessimistic of thinking that they, might, they aren't going to get it done. I mean, Bateman, as, or Bateman, <laughs> as we know... Batman, as we know, is is just an absolute troll. He's he's he sucks. I feel like the you last couple great. times they went to the Olympics, you know though, great. they they didn't officially announce it until like when the season started, and they kept including you know breaks great? for it. Sorry, sorry to cut you off. You know what's great when he was doing the when he was when he first came out to start the expansion draft, even the Seattle fans booed him, and they haven't even been in the league. They've been in the league for. <laughs> They've been in the league for two days, yeah, yeah, and they yeah. fucking booed him. Yeah, they so, booed so, so, I mean, this guy doesn't. Nothing would surprise me. I, I get it, but like, are you really going to deny a guy or anyone, anyone really, a chance to represent their country, which happens once every four years, and, and in some cases, I guess eight years, because because they didn't uh, they didn't allow them to go two times ago, whatever. So, or two years ago. So. Um, I mean, if a guy chooses not to play to, to not get injured, that's on them, right? That's that's their prerogative. But if the team's okay with it and the guy's okay with it, like, why the heck not? Grow the game. The Olympics is the time to do it. The Winter Olympics, people don't really watch anyway. And just because it's not, there's not as many sports, it's not as popular as the Summer Olympics. So why not get – there's less sports, so now you have a chance to have the best players in the world in this was honest, their team showcased – on a worldwide yeah stage, i think everybody agrees right? it's just it's i don't know if it's a betman thing i don't know if it's an ioc thing we'll see what happens well it, it's all money right like one like the nhl wants the ioc to pay for something and the I don't know, there's something it's there's all that money. Like there's one... the owners don't want their players getting hurt because tavara oh. it's because john Tavares like broke his foot in sochi in 2014 i mean um, well not to be that guy but Tavares. Rest in peace after that fucking head injury. Holy shit. Yeah, that's fair. 
Um, all right. Well, I'm excited. I think the off season's going to be fun. It's just getting started. We'll see what happens. Mark. There's one last Mark, thing. The NH- oh, sorry. Go ahead. You're going to ask, Mark, do you think the NHL players are going to the Olympics? I think so. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I just, I'd be so excited to like put the rosters together and predict yeah. what they're going to be. They're going to be great. Team USA is 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 it's gonna be so fun. much better, so much better than when we were kids. Oh yeah, like the talent of, of how they compared to Canada and stuff. Oh my god, yeah. Even though Canada Seriously. Canada could have four teams to our one, but I just remember when, when the All Star Game used to be North America versus the world. And I'm like, yeah, North America, and then I'd look at like everybody but like three Mike, players was was Canadian. I'm like, oh. <laughs> Mike like, Madonna and Brett yeah, Hall. Yeah, it was Brett Hall, Mike Madonna, and Jeremy Roenick. <laughs> And everybody else, fuck, yeah. it's Lemieux, it's Gretzky, it's Eric Lindros, it's all these guys. It's like, oh, man, what's happening here? And I and no, yeah. like, as a little kid, you have no idea, like, how good, like, other countries are, you think, you know, because of the American Olympics and all that shit. But the last thing, as we're wrapping this up, and I just remember this, Jack Eichel, where do you guys think he ends up? Greg, the prophet, tell me. You know what's crazy is as of like an hour ago, there was rumors that he was going to Vegas and then Montreal, and the and the odds-on favorite has been the Rangers the whole time. It's so tough. I I feel like teams don't want to. The asking price is too high, so I think Buffalo is asking for too much, and I think that at the end of the day, they're not gonna. No one's going to want to pay the price tag that they're asking, so he's not going to be moved. An Aaron, an Aaron Rodgers situation, if you will. Fair enough. Couldn't agree more. His cap hits huge. He's disgruntled. He had a bad last season. He doesn't have a lot of – like his value is not as high as it used to be. If they if he wanted to be traded two years ago on that the same asking price, they would have, teams would have done it in a heartbeat. Um, I, I, I think the Rangers are the best team to land him according to my Google search. So I'm going to go with that. Okay. I'm going to say, I'm just going to go with the Vegas one. I feel like that was the immediate rumor that went out when they traded flurry. Um, so I'm going to go with Vegas and they have the Vegas. assets to be able to do it. That's a, that's some top line scoring right there. Yeah. They have the assets for that. For I, could, I could see it. Yeah. Um, but that, I think that's going to do it guys. This one was a blast. A hockey, hockey off season megapod. I hope you all enjoyed it. I hope you guys did, and I hope the listeners did. But I'm really excited for the offseason. Jody, all I'll say is... Go Flyers. The, yeah, yeah, yikes. The Olympics are going on. <laughs> the Olympics are going on. The Patriots' first day of training camp. You know, we got... We got... Uh, Red Sox killing it. Red Sox. Red Sox in first. The Olympic basketball team, you say, like Mark said, is, is crumbling, fading fast. All this stuff's happening, and and what are we, what's like the number one story? What's everyone talking about? The NHL, and and part of it because they the last week has has been incredible with the expansion draft and then for agency the regular draft for agency starting blah blah blah. Um, I think I may have to apologize in saying because yes, the exposure they're getting from being on ESPN has helped and now all of a sudden hockey is being featured more they're being talked about they're being compared to other sports so that has helped and i will say that espn has proven that they are going to promote it 
I'm still not sold. I still don't like ESPN, but <laughs> I think, hey, you can I be a TNT fact... guy. They got Gretzky. They got the main NBC crew. Fair, fair. All right, done. Done. All right, Greg's our official I'm going, TNT I'm going guy. TNT. <laughs> <laughs> me and me and Charles, me and Charles uh, Barkley are are gonna and Shaq, your man. Yeah, we'll we'll rep. Uh, we'll rep it. No problem. I have no problem with that. But Greg's, it's Greg's been a boy. nine day. It's been. Night and day difference with the exposure NHL's gotten, like I said, with all, everything that's going on. the offseason start, I agree. That, that's a great point. Yeah, it's been impressive. They've actually got some some burn and some shine because of uh Well, and Emily Kaplan, their them. reporter, who's really done an awesome job in breaking news and all that different stuff, and she's been awesome. She was great prior to the, the official switchover, but she's almost as my Emily, my wife, is is thinking like oh they're you know the NHL's Woj is is a girl is a woman and and I feel like that's great too that they, that they have that representation in their media and all that sort of stuff and they always have Catherine Tappan obviously and they have Kendall Coyne doing stuff with NBC and hopefully she does stuff with ESPN or TNT Hillary Knight's on that on that squad so that that's also great yeah I agree I love it yeah. um good choices all around absolutely uh, one final thing Jordy okay. Go Bruins. <laughs> you did a little early. I got to tell everybody what to do. Go subscribe to the podcast, the bullpen cart, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get them. Thunder BLG on Twitter, Thunderbox sports on Instagram for Greg, for Mark. I am Jordy Cannell. Thank you for listening. Have a great weekend and let's go flyers, baby. Ooh.